You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. As I got older, I had a pretty, pretty tough life. So, you know, I did get in a lot of fights. Whatever, you know, a fight's a fight. You know, I've I've kicked the shit out of people and I've gotten my ass kicked. You know, it's 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 not fun. It's you know, it's something that you don't, that I don't look for or anything like that. I feel bad afterwards. And uh, as I'm older, I've noticed a lot of times that uh, you know, the look on people's faces around you. Like I guess I say normal people. You know, where where when they see this happening they're like they're they're in shock and they're like they're they're scared and they're trying to get away and it's like i don't know it's just it's just not something i like i try to stay away from it and everything like that hey what's up vox and hops heads i'm matt the vocalist of cryptopsy and the host of the vox and hops metal podcast brought to you by sound talent media i'm back i hope that you had a glorious august i most certainly did i took some time to relax and to hang out with my family the good thing that happened is that there are a bunch of amazing things that are coming up in the world of vox and hops and i can't wait to tell you all about them and i will be doing that in the next few weeks this vox and hops episode is presented by heavy montreal heavy montreal is montreal's premier metal promoter they put on a bunch of sick metal shows here in Montreal throughout the year but more than that they also put on one of North America's best metal festivals and that's the absolute truth because I have played just about every festival out there and trust me when I say this Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. I am beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you all to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. If you have already done that and you're looking for something else to do to help the podcast, what you can do is tell a friend about the podcast. If you have a friend in your life that loves craft beer, that is a metalhead, well, then make sure to tell them to check out Vox and Hops because I have 290 episodes available for them to go back and listen to some of the world's best and biggest metal musicians. If you were to encourage one of your friends to become a future Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, on today's episode, I am with PCP Crazy Fucking Manny of the IWS. That's right, the International Wrestling Syndicate. They have a show coming up this Saturday, presented by Heavy Montreal, September 4th at MTELUS in downtown Montreal, and that show is called Blood, Sweat, and Beers. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 290. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am with PCP Crazy Fucking Manny of the International Wrestling Syndicate, IWS, better known as. Uh, Manny, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's been, uh, I'm bored. It's been, uh, <laughs> I got a regular job. It's, no fucking way. Yeah, it's, been, it's been a long 18 months. Uh, it's been more than 18 months now, actually, like 20 months almost. Uh, just just want to put on a show, man. We're excited to put on a show again. And that show is happening this Saturday, September 4th at MTELUS. Blood, Sweat, and Beers. Presented by Heavy Montreal. Of course, I had to have a conversation with you. Um, let's dance right into it. The thick of it. Let's talk about how you coped with 2020. These 20 months when you couldn't do what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Well, uh, man, it's crazy. We had our biggest, our flagship show of the year is unfucking sanctioned. And uh, we like to rotate it between uh, MTELUS, 
Soda and uh, Unity, our smaller venue, because we always wanted to be a big thing. So we, we like to rotate back and forth from venue to venue to make it exciting. Well, we won't use one venue for a while just to have that show there. So it was scheduled at Soda. It was, I mean, 20 tickets away from being sold out. Wow. Uh, and the week before the show, we were told we could only get 250. We would only be allowed 250 people. So right there, we have 750 tickets sold, you know, uh, we, we got to tell 500 people they can't come. And then I got an email from heavy Montreal. Uh, at the time, uh, my friend, my friend was a rep for heavy Montreal. Now we all know everybody at event goes changed, but, uh, I got an email and he's like, look, man, he's like, get ahead of it now because we're, we we're pretty sure by next week, there won't be any shows. Hmm. So we canceled our show on a Thursday, one week before the event. So nine days before the event. And lo and behold, Friday, all events were barred the, the next day uh, by Saturday, actually. So I had talent working a small show with 150 people on the Saturday. We pulled all our talent from that show. Uh, the promoter eventually canceled because we didn't want to, you know, we wanted to help out and everything. You know, COVID was a new thing. Nobody really knew what was going on. So, uh, yeah. And we rescheduled for three months later and we went into this whole thing thinking, uh, well, it's going to be, you know, maximum three months. Mm -hmm. Here we are almost uh, two years later and uh, getting ready for uh, getting ready to, to finally get back to it. Hopefully the podcast gods, as we record this, hopefully the podcast <laughs> gods have been in our favor. And at the, at the time of this recording and airing, uh, everything is good to go. Sincerely, sincerely hope so. Uh, <laughs> I have been following you for a long time. You you guys have been doing some crazy shit for, for many, many years. But let's talk about what Vox and Hops is all about. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends normally. And we talk about their life, music, and craft beer. Now, you're my very first wrestler or person involved in the wrestling industry on the podcast. So, so I'm stoked to be with you. Um, what are you going to be drinking on your side tonight that we'll be sharing virtually? It's funny. I've been, uh, I've been running around like crazy, getting stuff ready for the show and everything. And I, ironically, it's like, it's a, it's a pretty funny thing because I, I realized as we booked this, that I completely, it, it, I it used you putting on a show used to be clockwork for me. I knew every single thing to do. It would be in my brain automatically. It's been so long. There's so much to do. And, you know, hopefully the media tours are going on as we, as we talk now that, uh, I've been running around all day and I completely forgot I was doing this podcast until I got a reminder on my phone. So I'm, uh, I'm drinking bubbly sparkling water that I got from Subway's when I got my supper, <laughs> uh, lime flavor. It's actually pretty good. It tastes like seven up. There's no sweeteners. I'm satisfied. I have this, uh, I have this thing with beer, craft beer and regular beer. See, uh, I like, I don't, I like, I'm not a fan of the taste of beer. So basically when I drink beer, it's with the sole intention of getting smashed. Mm. So if anybody's ever been to an IWS party or an IWS after party, usually I start with regular beer. And when I run out, I drink the, I drink the craft beer because it, it's, it's a little more bearable for me. <laughs> so tonight it's just bubbly. I figured it'd be safe not to get shit faced on a podcast and say a bunch of things I'll regret. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going with the bubbly sparkling, sparkling water, soda water. Amazing. And that is my favorite flavor of bubbly by far. I feel like it's the one that tastes the most natural. On my side, I'm going to be drinking a Vox and Hops Brutal North America collab. Uh, this is from Thrashed, who's a YouTuber. Uh, he has a brand going on. Uh, Chris Sutsos, I love this kid. He's from Toronto. Uh, and Henderson Brewing Company. Shout out to Jamie Morris for putting this together for me. This is Suds for Buds. It's a 3.5% ABV. Grodzitski, I'm smoked pole 
Polish ale. It's delicious. Let's crack this open. And I want to hear about your very first beer, Manny. My very first beer. Holy cow. Holy cow. Uh, man, I think the first, I mean, every, every kid's had a beer with their dad when they were, when they were young or their dad's giving them a little bit of beer. I don't really think that counts. My very first time getting, getting drunk, getting like drinking more than one beer was uh, I was in Rosemary High School uh, with my best friend, Christopher Mergel, uh, also known as Joe Pitt, the barbecue king. And uh, you can look him up on Facebook. Joe Pitt makes the best fucking barrel barbecues there is. Uh, and there used to be a depth near Rosemary High School where, I don't know, if you were convincing enough, the owner would think you were 18. <laughs> so we spent two weeks stockpiling beer in an empty locker with change with our lunch money, buying this beer called... Uh, Molson Extra Old Stock. Mm -hmm. It was a 6.2% beer in Molson Brodeur, which is another 6.4% mm -hmm. beer. And uh, we saved them till the last day of school. And then we went to the old train bridge in Rosemary and we cracked them open. Now, when you're drinking strong beer and you're a teenager and you've never even drank a full beer to yourself, the shit hits hard. <laughs> so we went back to high school on the on the last day. We ended up passing out in the hallway. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was bad. Thank God it was the last day and nobody cared. But yeah, that was the, <laughs> that was the first time I drank I drank beer. And then of course the next summer, good old Labatt Maximum Ice and Molson Triple X came out, and then that was all over. So just punishment. Yeah. Do you remember when Foofs had Molson Triple X Mondays? They no. serve Molson Triple X, Molson Triple X for a dollar. Holy shit! I lasted like two months. What AB? And, what uh, ABV was Triple X? Was it like ten percent? Was it up? Ten point, yeah, ten point two percent for one dollar. For one dollar, dude. Yeah. I, and uh, I, I think Foof's security had that removed. The cleaning crew having to pick up all the puke everywhere. It was just insane. It was also like a, a funny story since we're talking about those strong beers. I also remember I, I was telling somebody this the other day. Uh, when ministry came to Montreal just before the pandemic, the year before the pandemic, we all went, to, we all met up at Foof's uh, before the show at MTELUS. And it happened to be blue dries for two bucks on Sunday. And of course, when you go to Foof's before a show at MTELUS, there's a shit ton of people. So when you go to the bar, you're like, it's only two bucks. I'll take like 12 of them. You know? <laughs> so you don't have to get back up and wait in line. So we go back to the table where a bunch of people and then we're like, oh, we got like everybody did this. So we're like, oh, we got like 40 beers at our table. Oh, the show starts in 20 minutes. Oh, well, yeah, and Matt, I don't even know how we got into, into M tell us. I don't even remember the show. So yeah, I, I try to stay away from the, uh, the dry, the dries and the, uh, the extra ices and the, and I stick with that Coors Light or, uh, or White Claw. Ooh. White Claws are dangerous shit. <laughs> White Claws are my drain pour favorites. I, I, I am not a fan of the seltzers on my side. I would love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Oh, my parents were, my parents are Greek, so they, they, played, uh, they played a lot of Greek music. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. My dad was a big Greek music fan and he loved to sing and everything. He passed away a couple of months ago during mm. the pandemic and everything. It was Sorry really about sad, that. but uh, thanks. And, um, yeah, uh, they listened to a lot of Greek music. I was a huge metalhead. Uh, I used to listen to uncle Norm's metal hour of the new Republicans on CKUT and, uh, cups and cakes on Mondays on CKUT. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I was a huge, huge metalhead. Going, I'm 45. I was going to metal shows from the time I was 15 at La Brick yes. and Foot and Backstreets and everything. 
And uh, yeah, I was a big Deicide fan, Napalm Death, Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, all, all the big death metal bands when they came out. So it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I would like, yeah, there's always been lots of metal at IWS events. Yes, yes, definitely. We always have, we've always done several collabs with bands, as you know, Tantrum. Yes. Tantrum wrote our original entrance song. They played our show a few times. And they played, yeah, and they played our show. Uh, the Goo Lunatics played yes. our show. Uh, uh, Matt Perry, several of his bands. Yes. Um, <laughs> several of them. The, rest, so the Wrestlemaniacs is, is one that comes to mind. Played. Yeah, the Wrestlemaniacs played. Uh, the band he had before that with Michelle, where they were all covered in makeup. Yeah, so uh, we've always been implied with that. And my favorite, my favorite thing about the about you know wrestling and everything and the heavy metal aspect is we got picked up by Heavy Montreal, and we we started playing the Heavy Montreal Festival, and it's it's amazing for us because I mean we had nothing when we first started. And it got so popular as the years went by, we got a bigger set, mm-hmm. uh, bigger, bigger, you know, our staging was more and more and more to the middle and everything. Last Heavy Montreal, we were smack dab in the middle by all the bars. And Absolutely. Awesome. And it's cool because we have our own tent, we have our own section. So once we're done wrestling at seven, it's like we basically have our own hotel or Airbnb in, in Heavy Montreal. So we could go watch bands, we could go back and party, we could eat, we could, we have the time of our life, you know, it's one of the things I look forward to the most. Uh, It's a shame, it's not going to happen, it's not happening this summer, Uh, it didn't happen last summer, and you know, hopefully, hopefully next summer. At this point, I'll, I'll go wrestle at Oceaga or else I'll go wrestle at the Western Fest. I don't care. I, I just want to get out there and have shows again and do festivals. Absolutely. And uh, it is awesome that you guys are at Heavy, and I loved watching you guys there. Um, let's talk about something, something that interests me. I had Josh Barnett on the podcast ask him the same question. I have never been in a fight in my life. I've <laughs> never been truly punched in the face Maybe once, maybe twice, but not on the regular basis that you have been. Or, Josh, uh, I'm wondering, why do you fight? Why Why is this a part of your personality? Is it a part of your personality? Uh, what does fighting mean to you? Well, uh, it's weird. Um, I, pro wrestling, I mean, pro wrestling, we all know it's scripted. Mm-hmm. So we know it's coming. You know, it's, <laughs> it's still it's still contact. It's still hard. Uh, actually, if you know guys like Josh Barnett will tell you who Josh Barnett, who went from the UFC to pro wrestling, will tell you that pro wrestling is actually harder because you get hit. I mean, you get hit so many, so many more times than you do in an MMA fight or something. Maybe not as hard or, you know, maybe there's no leg kicks and stuff, but you got to keep going. You know, you know, you're in there for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. So and you got to remember things, you know, you got to remember what's next and everything like that. Also, when I grew up, I mean, I grew up, you know, I had a I had a pretty, pretty rough life when I grew up. And even in my as I got older, I, I had a pretty, pretty tough life. So, you know, I did get in a lot of fights, um, whatever, you know, a fight's a fight. You know, I've I've kicked the shit out of people and I've gotten my ass kicked. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's not fun. It's you know, it's something that you don't, that I don't look for or anything like that. I feel bad afterwards. Mm. And uh, as I'm older. I've noticed a lot of times that, uh, you know, the look on people's faces around you, like, I guess I say normal people, you know, where, where, when they see this happening, they're like, they're, they're in shock and they're like, they're, they're scared and they're trying to get away. And it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's just not something I like. I try to stay away from it and everything like that. The good thing is I also don't, you know, I also don't take any shit and everyone in my company doesn't take any shit. So we're the kind of people in the wrestling industry where, you know, 
the internet, the keyboard warriors don't really like to go after us because they know eventually they'll run into us. And, you know, the, we won't we won't type on a keyboard. We'll just smack them in the face with a keyboard. So it's uh, it's weird. But, yeah, I, I generally avoid that. I, it's it's I find it stupid. And, you know, when I look at when I look at how many times like people you get in a fight with someone and someone could I didn't like Josh again, could, I'm sure he mentioned this like in the street. You know, you may want to hit someone just to shut them up, but you know, there's a good chance that guy's going to fall down and hit his fucking head and he might fucking kill him. Yeah. Get killed. You know, and it's like, you know, something just went from a little, you know, from words to, to death like that. So it's, it's not something I look for, even in the pro wrestling ring. A lot of times there's been situations where, you know, where you're, you're wrestling somewhere where you're not from and you don't know the person you're wrestling and uh, you know, something happens and and people start hitting for real and you got to fucking, you you got you got to show that person you're not going to take shit, you know, and it's 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 an uncomfortable thing, you know, especially when, you know, you basically got to trust each other with our lot with their with each other's life. Absolutely. Because if I pick you up and I give you a move, you're trusting that I land you without dropping you on your head. You know, I, I got to trust that guy, too. So so it's it's a messed up thing. I don't know. Pro wrestling is more entertainment. It's being able to perform in front of a crowd. It's uh, it's very, very athletic. You know, we do, obviously, we're the IWS. We do some insane stunts. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a balcony in any venue in Montreal <laughs> that someone hasn't jumped off of or, or thrown me off of. It's it's a lot it, It's a lot of fun. But mostly the main thing is we're, we're just a big family, you know. We're a bunch of friends who are getting together. You know, everybody's a professional, but we're a bunch of friends who get together and we, we have a really good time. And as, like, a lot of people know, a whole bunch of these guys that started with us, guys that you watched over the years at our shows and haven't, they're in WWE now and AEW and they're making millions, you know, and it's, it's amazing that, that that happened, you know? So it's, it's a crazy journey, you know, even vice, I watch vice TV now. And I remember when vice was a local little paper in Montreal and they did stories on us, you know, it's a worldwide thing. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, look look at us, you know, we both, we both have deals with Evenco, you know, who would have fucking thought? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I do want to talk about building an empire, I, you know, a wrestling empire. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were around at the beginning. I'm assuming that you were. Uh, started at Dawson College. That knows. <laughs> so, so from yeah. Dawson College, first off, I, the question is, how the hell did you convince them to let you do wrestling in Dawson College, which is a pretty prominent college in here in Montreal if people aren't from here? It, it, it's, it's a cra- it's a real crazy story. Sexy Eddie has to take credit for that because they originally let him do during a barbecue, during like a, a hot dog roast or a corn roast. They let him have a, a mock wrestling match with one of his friends on, like outside on the grass. And uh, it went really well. It was tame. It was just two guys. So a year later, I, me and one of my friends, we, we really wanted to get into the wrestling business. We, it was something we wanted big time. And, um, Somebody told us, yeah, there's a guy named Eddie who goes to Dawson and he's trying to organize a show at Dawson. He's like, um, you like you should meet him. So one night it was my birthday huh. and we were at Wally's pub. And I, the guy that said that to us said, hey, you should meet this guy. He's here. So I met Eddie and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you on the show. So I don't think Dawson expected <laughs> more than more than two people. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it ended up being an entire show. And like chairs and tables and blood and thumbtacks. And because we were like, this is our first chance and our only chance. We we have we have to do this. And that match not only got wrestling banned from Dawson, <laughs> but it actually got us, like me, Eddie, and uh, a couple of the other people involved, 
banned from ever wrestling in any promotion in Quebec. Wow, really? Because, yeah, because they had rent, a promotion had rented us a ring and they brought wow. the wrestlers. And they were furious that these guys went out there, you know, with no training and put on this insane show, you know. So we were banned everywhere. And literally us getting banned, which is hilarious, these guys banning us to keep us out of the wrestling business is what caused us, caused me and Eddie and, and another guy to start the IWS, the biggest pro wrestling company, you know, right now, like the biggest indie wrestling company in Canada, one of the biggest in North America, you know. And in terms of independent wrestling, we we are we I mean we're one of the we're one of the companies that is most known worldwide all over the place. Whether we get fifty fans or whether we get two thousand fans, you know, or whether we have five thousand fans at Heavy Montreal or whatever, whatever we are. The one thing is, no matter what, we are the most well known company in the world. You know, and now we're sitting here with you know multiple television deals yeah. and uh, you know working festivals for Evanco being a Heavy Montreal presents event. Uh, we own our own TV equipment, you know? We, wow. You know, yeah, we have we have a full, like, we can shoot a multi-cam TV show tomorrow. We actually, you know, we rent our TV equipment to people shooting movies and TV shows during the week, you know? So it's like, we started, you know, we started a bunch of guys wrestling on gym mats at Wally's Pub, you know, and now we have like a quarter million dollars worth of television and audio equipment, you know, a full-fledged wrestling school with, a, with one of the best, you know, athlete performance wise gyms inside built inside. Uh, it's like, li it's like living the dream. And most of this stuff was actually purchased during COVID. We were renting a lot of it before and it was just, you know, I, you know, I was working a lot, uh, uh, odd jobs here and there, uh, saving as much money as I can. And, you know, a lot of places, unfortunately, because of the pandemic went bankrupt mm -hmm. And, you know, we went in and we grabbed, we grabbed what we could. We took every opportunity. The only thing that sucked was uh, uh, I really expected this not to last longer than six months. So when you take every cent you have and you invested in all this, and then this goes on for almost, you know, 18 months, almost two years, it kind of, uh, it, it kind of puts a damper on things, but Hey, go out there and get another job and uh, hustling. I love it. Um, I want to go back in time a bit. And what do you remember the first live wrestling show you went to go see? Yeah, I do. Actually, my uncle took me to go see the WWE at the uh, at the forum. Wow. When I was man, I was like, I must have been nine, 10 years old. Uh, it was uh, it, it was something I don't think I'd ever been ex more excited for something in my life. He took me and my one of my cousins and then he started taking us. He started taking us all the time regularly. And uh, it was like it, it's weird because my uncle is a. Uh, uh, he's he's like a loner. He's married with kids and everything, but he's he's a loner. You know, he doesn't. He's not very affectionate. But all of a sudden, he just started taking us to go see pro wrestling every time they came to Montreal, and it was it was the crate. It was the craziest thing ever. It was our thing, our, our evening out, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good. And man, ever since the first from the first day I saw it on television, the next day I went and I rented WrestleMania on VHS at a at a video store, and I was into it since then. And uh, one night, you know, ironically, one night in an apartment in, in St. Eustache, I was with uh, these guys, Shane Jenkins, Carl Robinson, Dave Cowie, and we were sitting there and we were watching a WWE pay-per-view. We were stoned out of our minds on mushrooms and weed. And uh, I was like, I'm going to do that. And they were like, you'll never do that. I'm like, we made a bet. In a year, I'll be in a ring. And my stubborn self did it, you know. And then, as I said, at Dawson, you know, us getting banned for, from ever wrestling for all these tiny little promotions that wrestle in church basements or bingo halls or whatever, or gymnasiums. 
we got banned from wrestling at all of them and it caused us to start our own company and you know it's been it's been success ever since what would have been your first time in the ring do you remember your first show uh my first show yeah it was a dawson really that was it insane actually to be to be, to be, to be honest i had never been in a ring in my life uh before that event and I didn't get in the ring. I just brawled with my opponent outside <laughs> and broke everything. So I probably didn't get into a real ring because at Wally's Pub, we built a makeshift ring with Jim. I probably, I was probably putting on shows for a year and a half at Wally's Pub in the homemade ring we built there before ever setting foot in a wrestling ring. So I was drawing, we were drawing as the, as back then the WWS, we were drawing 400 to 500 fans at Wally's Pub. Wow. And we didn't even have a ring. So we have this promotion drawing these huge numbers. And none of us had ever set foot in a real wrestling ring. And then eventually, like uh, the Green Phantom, who was with it. I mean, we were kids. We were super young. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. So the Green Phantom was like, hey, I've got a bit of money. I know someone who could build us a ring. I'll pay for it. You pay me back. So we built a ring. And then we had our own our own ring. Insane. So, Insane. Yeah. Um, you guys went extreme right away. Yeah. Going yeah. from a kid that, that watched, you know, early huge wrestling events where it was an extreme when did you get into you know death matches and all that stuff you're sort of known for death matches why 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 is iws so extreme well when i the first time i ever saw wrestling i was about eight years old i was uh my my parents would send me i'm greek and my parents would send me to greek school on saturdays in park extension and my uncle the guy that would take me to see wrestling he was the caretaker of the school where they would have those classes on Saturdays. So during lunch, he would take me and, and my cousins into the staff room and we would be able to hang out there and eat lunch. And there was a TV and we would turn it on and there was international wrestling. So the first wrestler I ever saw was Abdullah the Butcher. Wow, yeah. was, all he did was death matches. You know, all he did was bleed. So that was my exposure at a young age. Then, uh, as we got older, there was this company called ECW mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the, before WWE bought them. And everything they did was extreme. And I saw this and I said, this is insane. So I started re- ordering wrestling tapes from Japan and uh, all these crazy death matches. So we were like, this is what's in. This is what's going to be the future. So if we're going to do this, you know, we went and we saw these other companies and everything. And we were like, if we're going to do this, then we're going to do something different. We're going to be different. We're going to do something that's going to get people out there and everything like that. And another thing that really, really helped was, I mean, we're both from two mountains. So you know that, you know, two mountains is a skateboarding town. Yes, they extreme are. Two mountains produces death metal bands and skateboarders. Yep. You know, that's, that's, that was our youth. You know, death metal bands, skateboarders, and alcoholics and drug, drug addicts. You know, that was our youth, you know, and teen moms. You know? so, so, you know, we, we start having these shows and everybody from two mountains starts coming out and, you know, they're already into extreme lifestyles. So they see this stuff and they're like, holy shit. And then it just, they told their friends and we told, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, it, it just took off. And we, at a certain point we had no choice, but what, what happened then was we were so popular. I mean, we're, we know how to wrestle, but we're extreme wrestlers. We're not, you know, there's guys out there, at the time that were way better than us, but we were so big. That's when guys from other schools and other promotions started coming over because they wanted to work these matches that we were having, because that's what that was, what was on TV and what was popular was the attitude era. And they wanted to work in front of the crazy crowds we had. 
So we kind of taught them how to do what we do. And they came in and they were really good wrestlers. And that's where the Kevin Steens, who's Kevin Owens now, the Sami Zayn, who may or may not be El Generico back in the IWS. And all these all these other people started coming in. And uh, it just it meshed perfectly, you know. And, uh, yeah, we exploded, man. It just, it, it, it took off, you know. And, like, you know, uh, I, I can't say anything more. It, it just worked perfectly. I tell a lot of people... You know, it's it's not about when you come to the IWS, it's not about the show. It's about the atmosphere, you know, and that's that's truly what it is. You know, like for us, our show is like, you know, when you're at a metal show and War Pigs comes on, you know, and the lights go down. People know they're about to see something crazy. You know, they, people go crazy. It's like that throughout the whole thing. So, yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's how it is. Being a, a musician that tours the world, that plays a bunch of gigs everywhere, we get ready for shows. I know when I'm prepared for a show, I can tour the world. Uh, every stage is a little bit different, but basically my show is going to run the same way. When you're preparing for a death match, you can be as prepared as you want, but there must be that moment that some things do go wrong. So so wh- what is your mental state when you're stepping into a ring or organizing a show with death matches? Well, it, there's two way, like there's two kinds. There's the kinds where you, you you use like tables and chairs, maybe thumbtacks, stuff like that. That stuff is very, it's it's easy. We've done it a thousand times. So it, it, it sounds stupid, but you know, you can, it, it sounds like the stupidest thing in the world, but I can look at a table and know if something's going to work or not work. Yes, there's times where the table doesn't break or where the table breaks too early. You got to deal with it at that point. You know, you got to come up with something. It's all instinct. Then there's the matches where you have the crazy stuff like the light tubes and the barbed wire and the stuff like that. And that's really like, you can't put two people who have never done it before. If you want to do something really crazy, you have to have a bunch of people that have done it many, many times. You know, we, we have a lot of times you'll notice it's the same people in those matches, or at least it's one of the same people. So, you know, and there's a lot of trust, you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of trust that comes with it. Uh, you got to look at it too, like this, like, you know, I can go in the ring and have a death match and get cut up and get stitched up backstage by a doctor. But, you know, I have like, I make sure that my vitals, like, you know, where your arteries are and everything is covered up before it. So, you know, yeah, you're going to get stitched up almost a hundred percent, but would you rather, you know, bleed and take a couple of big falls and go through like, ta- like a bunch of tables and experience that pain would you rather take that risk or take the risk of going out there for 30 minutes and doing flips nonstop and taking these bizarre, crazy moves where you have a two, you have a 99% chance of landing on your neck. So I kind of prefer the death matches. I kind of find them safer a little bit, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird thing, you know? So some people, some people can go in there and not be afraid of that and be completely comfortable and have their timing perfect and do it with their eyes closed. And, you know, other guys can go in the ring and flip and know exactly where they are and control themselves as they're flipping. Everyone's different. So, you know, that's why there's high flyers. That's why there's there's deathmatch wrestlers. That's why, you know, I, I tell everyone, I tell everyone that, that we t- that we train at our school that the most important thing with their opponent is communication beforehand. You know, if you're not sure about something, don't agree. Don't agree to it. Tell the person I've never done this before. How's it going to happen? What do I do? Let's let's. Let's try without obviously using the stuff you're going to break, but let's try it. Show, you know, 
that's, that's the best thing to do. If you go in there not knowing what you're doing, you're fucked. You Absolutely. Know? And we've had, I mean, we've, I mean, we've had several accidents where, you know, we're taping our arms shut during the match because they're pissing blood and everything like that, you know? So it, it's, it, it's happened a lot. Now they're, they're a lot more popular again because of dark side of the ring and everything. Mm-hmm. On ice, and, uh, you know, people want to see them more. So, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully things get, you know, back to normal, you know? It's coming back. It's coming back, Manny. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. You mentioned it slightly, so I will bring it up. Uh, how do you feel when you watch... Uh, people that were a part of the IWS move on and go to bigger places such as hypothetically El Generico. I'm happy because, you know, uh, okay, the Quebec, I mean, I'm sure it's the same with the music industry. The Quebec wrestling world is, uh, there's no, no, there's no friends. You know, every promotion is at each other's throats. There's no unity. You know, there's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of anger. You know, uh, a lot of people talk a lot of crap online about people. They try, they try to ruin your shows you know, uh, when I was younger, I used to be like that too. I used to talk shit about everyone in, in pro wrestling online. As I got older, I just don't reply anymore because we're much bigger than that. I don't think we're competing with other promotions in, in Quebec. I think we're we're competing with we're competing with the Quebec entertainment scene. We'll be at a hockey game or a massive concert or something. So we we don't reply. We just you know use our power to teach those other people a lesson. Um, but. You know, the one thing that I, I like to tell a lot of people, like, you know, a lot of times myself, I get mad when I see stuff people write about us or other people hit us up. And I go, you know, when when guys go to WWE or go to AEW, the people in the back go, oh, those are the guys from the IWS, the bigwigs, the multi-billionaires, the people we idolized watching TV when we were kids. When I bring in names, for example, we're working on a major surprise for uh Hopefully, hopefully November, if everything goes good, a major, major surprise. And this is a major, major, major person. And, you know, we said we, we, we spoke with their agent and he wanted a shitload of information before they even considered taking the booking. And the moment I said IWS, he said, oh, shit. And they called me right away. They're like, yeah, don't send us anything. We're good. We'll do it. You know, and that's that's because, you know, like. Uh, that it, it, it makes me proud. It makes me, it makes me super happy to know that, you know, these people we grew up watching and these people that we idolize, you know, our friends, our former talent work there and they call me up and they say, yeah, I came in and they said, Oh, look, the IWS boys are here. And, you know, a few times on AEW and on, and on WWE, they've mentioned the commentators have mentioned IWS and these guys never mentioned any other companies, you know, they've mentioned us. So 
it's it, it's an it's an amazing amazing feeling and you know what like it seeing your friends become millionaires and live their dream life considering a lot of these guys you know they they didn't have you know they didn't have they they, they weren't grow, they didn't grow up rich they didn't have a fancy life you know seeing them succeed it, it's very very fulfilling and they give back they come by our school all the time you know they come hang out and stuff so they they give back a lot you know and i mean WWE did a DVD on Kevin Owens and they made an entire chapter on the DVD about us. It was insane. WWE was calling me every week. We were sending them footage. They paid us a, a good amount of money for our old footage. You know, uh, I couldn't believe what I got paid for 45 seconds of footage that was split up, you know? And uh, yeah. And uh, it, it, it's, it's awesome. It, it's really awesome. It's, it's a cool, cool thing. It's kind of like, you know, uh, it's kind of like you'll you'll remember this when James when James Hetfield got burned, and the guitarist I believe it was the guitarist from Alcoholica that went and replaced him on tour. You know, fuck man, that was amazing. You know, this completely 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 amazing. Let's dance on to to blood, sweat, and beers. Now, this is your first show in twenty months. Yeah, talk to me about the struggles, the the trying to get it together. It's finally happening. Presented by La Gabière. Uh, La Gabière is fueling the event. There'll be a bunch of their beers available there for people to enjoy. One of Quebec's coolest microbreweries. Of course, I'm all about that. It's at MTELUS. Um, talk to me about setting up this show in a pandemic, the extra restrictions, everything that's just been driving you crazy recently. Well, it's, uh, I mean, the, the 20 months has been a challenge because we had television deals we had to honor. And, you know, it's very hard, like, putting on a TV show costs a lot of money. You still have to pay, even if you're not having events, you know, uh, we did, a, we did, a, we did a two months worth of TV with no crowd, but then that got shut down as well. Um, but doing these kinds of events, you know, when you have no income coming in from live shows costs a lot. We were really lucky because our chief lag of beer is our, is our beer sponsor, but our chief sponsor for the last five years has been prohibition. And uh, they are the most amazing people in the world. Like they, I have never like they've become good friends. They they're more than a sponsor. We're really, really, really good friends and stuff. And they supported us throughout the pandemic. They helped us pay for our TV show. They run TV ads during our show. It helped a lot. Um, we've we've booked so many shows. We've postponed so many shows during the 20 months. Uh, we had so many issues with public health because in in Quebec, pro wrestling is considered an art. It's not considered a combat sport. So we go under theater and art. So we were trying to get permission to do television tapings with or with like with or without fans. And uh, public health was telling us, you need to speak to, you need to speak to uh, the people that uh, the gaming commission that oversees combat sports. But I'm like, we're not a combat sport. Well, for COVID, we consider you a combat sport, but the gaming commission is like, we want nothing to do with you. You don't fall under us. Tell them we're not, we, we can't say. So <laughs> I did a runaround for like two years till I finally got a, per, a person who's the, one of the heads of public health in Montreal, who's in charge of everything. He took a look at our case. He's been an amazing man. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name because then everybody's going to email him. Uh, <laughs> he's been an amazing, amazing person. If he sees this, you know who you are. Doctor, thank you. You're a fucking awesome dude. You kept me out of depression. Um, and uh, he took the time to help us with everything. Uh Putting on events is, you know, it's, we, we know we're authorized. Uh, the venues and Evenco and MTELUS are handling all the public health guidelines. It's costing a fortune to put on events now. 
because you have to pay for so many extra things that you didn't have to pay for before. You know, it costs more for almost costs more for safety than it does to put on the actual event. But uh, it's happening, and you know, it's 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 been really depressing. I mean, we've been staying positive by equipping ourselves, equipping ourselves. I've been working a lot, just trying to stay out of the house. As I said, you know, my father became very ill, not with COVID, but not being able to get the proper help he needed because the hospital was being shut down and everything. Shit. It, took a to- it took a toll on him. He passed away. It was really, really rough. Uh, so it, it's been a, it's been a dark year when, you know, you, I mean, we were right before the pandemic, we were on the verge of our biggest year ever. We had a major, major network interested in signing something with us. It would have been the biggest thing we've ever had. It would have been groundbreaking. Uh, and, you know, everything goes on pause and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, you know? And of course, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it in your circle of friends and, and people you work with, you know, the population kind of got divided, you know, yep. and you know, you're, you're too nervous. You're, you're too nervous to give your own, to give your own opinion anymore, you know, because you know, the right or left is going to come after you. And uh, you know, you, you just got to kind of sit there as a promoter and suck it up and do everything properly and put the frustration aside and, not even be able to tell anybody about your frustration for the fear that they might use it against you. Yep. Well, and uh, yeah, finally thing, things are finally things are pulling through. You know, we we all just needed to we all just needed to stay positive, and it sucks because you know I truly believe that you know if everyone if everyone kind of worked together, you know uh, from the beginning maybe things would have been different in the last eighteen months. Maybe we would have been back a year ago. You know, but you know. When 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 people can't agree, shit shit goes on longer. So it, it's a real shame. Uh, I just I honestly I just want Montreal to heal. You know, I think Montreal got it really really bad during COVID in terms of you know we're we're an entertainment city. You know, and uh, I think we got hard. And when I tell myself how hard it was for us, you know, paying rent for an empty wrestling school and gym, you know, that we that we can't let people into, and and paying our bills and this and that, insurance and this and that, all kind of like. I think of like venues, you know, who had to pay, you know, massive rents or ticket retailers, you know, who live off commissions. And so, you know, or, or, you know, bands, you know, that made their extra, their extra rent money playing a gig here and there. Uh, you know, all our friends that we've known for years that worked at Avenco or, you know, Greenland or Spectra or, or, or venues or security or man, you know, barmaids, bartenders, like people got it really, really bad, man. So, you know, we just we just got to all work together and bring it back in this you know in the city you know man we i could go on and on photographers can we we know all the same people you know the 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 you know when you when you look at artists world and uh and catering at heavy montreal or at oceaga you know all those people we spent our entire summers with or we see it at the big concerts you know all these people that we're friends with like they disappeared and they're all out of work and we know they're all struggling you know so I'm happy. I'm really, really, really happy that we can, we can finally come back. I'm really happy to see all these people hitting me up, wanting to work the event. You know, I'm really happy to see shows being booked again. You know, uh, yeah, I just, just want to go back to some sort of normalcy, you know. It's going to come back. It's going to come back, Manny. And this gig, Blood, Sweat, and Beers, is the start of it all for you guys. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Uh, if you could make a beer, I love collabs. I like making beers. I'm all about them, of course. Um, if you could make a beer for IWS, what style of beer would it be, and what would you call it? Uh, 
we, 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 I thought about this for a while. I, I would make, well, number one, I would make a Pilsner because uh, I guess a Pilsner, it appeals to everyone. It's kind of, it's kind of, a, kind of a cross between a craft beer and a regular beer. Uh, I'm also a big fan. I've had like, uh, I've had a few, I've had a few, um, there was like some cranberry and some mango beers that were really, really good. They almost call, they almost taste like coolers and stuff. Um, and I would probably call it like, I wouldn't call it, I'd probably call it blood, sweat and beer, you know? That's a good uh, name. I, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think it would be a really, really good name. I, I think it would be, maybe we'll get some red dye in it, so maybe, you know? Uh, they can I, put I some beet there's like beet extract that yeah, they can put into yeah. it and it gets really red yeah 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 it'd be something that'd be that i think that would be fun <laughs> amazing and, uh, yeah one last question uh it probably doesn't happen to you very often because you've been working so goddamn much to get blood sweat and beers and iws back on track and you've been keeping it going the whole time working your ass off but every once in a while it happens to everyone hypothetically it might happen after blood sweat and beers uh some of your fans it will mo- most definitely happen to what is your hangover cure uh <laughs> wake up and have a beer man <laughs> <You know? laughs> man <it's, laughs> that's the ultimate hangover cure no manny thank you so so much for taking the time having a chat with me talking about your life talking about wrestling and talking about craft beer talking about beer uh i love what you've built i'm a fan uh i'm very stoked that you guys are back i'm stoked that you've been hustling through this i just want to thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me yeah, no problem. Thank you, man. It's good. It's good to see you again, too. It's been so long. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. Cool. Cheers, brother. Take care, and uh, I'll see you at the show. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Now, I have been following the IWS for a very, very long time. I actually went to go see them in the early 2000s, and I got to tell you that I was a little bit terrified. I enjoyed the metal aspect. I enjoyed uh, the intensity of the crowd. I enjoyed my experiences at IWS events because they're just fucking crazy. I'd love to give a huge shout out to Manny for taking the time to have a chat with me when he is beyond insanely busy organizing his first show back since the pandemic hit. And that event is happening on September 4th at MTELUS. It's called Blood, Sweat and Beers, and it is the return of IWS. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcasts mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, including all the details for any episodes which I have dropped throughout that week, any pertinent links to events which I have coming up, all of the amazing album reviews that the Vox and Hops Metal Album Review crew have put out that week, as well as the updated links to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which have been curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, and that playlist is available on both Spotify and Apple Music. There is just so much going on in the world of Vox and Hops that I would hate for you to miss a single thing, so please sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent media i hope you have a glorious rest of the week i will be back next week with one episode on tuesday and another on thursday but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops hits
I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.